today. Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the second Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends who are worshiping online uh, or on the radio, just a reminder, as I always like to give you, uh, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin under the resources tab, and you can also give your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Today we continue our sermon ser summer sermon series entitled God's Living Water as we look today at God's provision for the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 17. There we will hear the story about how he produced water from the rock in the middle of that desert to, to, to uh, have, uh, give to his thirsty people as they wandered in that desert wilderness. Just a few announcements to share with you before we start worship today. You can help our LAMP mission team with their trip to northern Canada coming up at the end of July by providing some food items for the team. That keeps the cost low for the, for the, for the team. More information about that is in uh, your chapel weekly. There's also a list of food items that are needed at the, um, at the Commons area uh, uh, welcome, welcome desk. There's uh, a few items that are not uh, uh, signed up for yet. So if you can do that today, that'd be wonderful, and we thank you for your help. Uh, as we have shared in, uh, in the last few weeks, this year Chapel of the Cross is partnering with Grace Chapel and Blessed Savior Lutheran Churches for Vacation Bible School. Uh, VBS is on Sunday, the 25th of June through the 29th of June, that Thursday. It'll be an evening VBS, 5.30 to 8 p.m. each of those evenings, and the location this year will be Grace Chapel. And VBS is for kids who are 4 to 11. You say, well, I don't have kids 4 to 11. Well, maybe you have grandkids who are 4 to 11 or neighbors who have kids who are 4 to 11. So please invite them to come to VBS. And uh, if you are 12 years up, 12 years old and uh, older, you are invited to volunteer for VBS. So um, there's a place for everybody at Vacation Bible School. The, there's a display table as you go out of church. When you go out the doors, turn left, and you'll see that display table. And there's information there about signing up for, for uh for the kids or for volunteers as well. Our elder this weekend is John Rogers. John is standing right here. He's going to greet you at that back door as you leave today. Get to know John as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our opening hymn.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them and repent of them and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Forgive my sins, give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life, and bring me to life everlasting. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to seek and to save the lost. Graciously open our ears and hearts to hear his call and to follow him by faith that we may feast with him forever in his kingdom. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the 17th chapter of Exodus. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. 
the Lord answered Moses, walk on ahead of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Speak to God. We join in reading responsively portions of Psalm 119. Do good to your servant according to your word, O Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good. And what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted, so that I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. The epistle is from the fourth chapter of Romans. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless because law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and, this, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. This is the word of the Lord.
We rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we continue our sermon series called God's Loving Water, here again a few verses from that Old Testament reading appointed for this day from Exodus 17. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there. 
And they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? In the name of Jesus, Christian friends. Well, we've, we've all done it. Whether it's about traffic or about how that shirt looks on us or about our boss or about an annoying habit of our spouse. I mean, we've all done it, complaining. I mean, who of us got to church this morning without complaining at some point today or maybe yesterday? I mean, all of us complain, right? That's kind of part of what we do. It's part of the social fabric of our lives. In fact, sometimes it's very often part of how we communicate. So maybe it doesn't surprise us a whole lot when we look here in Exodus 17 and we hear the children of Israel doing what? Complaining. They are grumbling and they are complaining, which really just showed a lack of satisfaction and showed a lack of contentment and really shows a lack of trust in their God. They even went so far as to ask the question, is the Lord among us or not? Now, truthfully, the children of Israel were not exactly known for their quiet contentment, were they? I mean, God, God had been so very good to them. He chose them as his chosen people purely out of his love, purely out of his grace. He gave them the promise of a savior. He delivered them from captivity in Egypt using those 10 miraculous plagues. And now their enemies, the whole Egyptian army, is lying at the bottom of the Red Sea. And they stood there and they sang at that sea, at the shore of that sea, a song of joyful praise to their God and to their Savior. But the echoes of that song had hardly died away before they began to complain. For three days, they couldn't find water in that wilderness. Remember from last week, we talked about how a person can go almost two months without food, but you can only go three or four days without water. Well, the Israelites were at the end of their rope. I mean, three days in that hot, arid desert without water. And finally, they came to a place called Mara, and thanks be to God, they found some water. But, the Bible says, the water was bitter. It was undrinkable. So the people grumbled, and they complained against Moses. Why, what are we to drink here, Moses? But God is with them. God provides a piece of wood which, when thrown into that water, made that water drinkable again, made the water sweet. So their water problem was, was solved. So now the food, though, started to run short. So they grumbled, then they complained again. And this time, they, they added in a little bit of drama. I mean, listen to how these people talk. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food that we wanted. But you brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. A little dramatic. But God is with him again. In his grace and in his mercy and in his unbelievable patience, God sends quail and manna to feed them. He literally rains down food from heaven and he kept that up for 40 years feeding the children of Israel. So no more complaining, right? Well, not exactly. Their water supply ran low again, and so their grumbling ran high. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to, to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Is the Lord among us or not? And at this point, Moses had pretty much had enough. He just kind of throws up his hands and he says, you know what, I'm done. I don't know how to deal with these people. You deal with them, Lord. So he did. In his grace, in his mercy, in that unending patience, he provided for them. This time he miraculously caused water to gush forth out of a dry, dead, dusty rock in the middle of that desert. He brought life from the lifeless Again and again, a gracious God showed to them that he was with them, showed them that he would care for them. Now, 
we would never complain like they did, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we complain a lot, don't we? And sometimes we complain about such trivial things. Standing in a, before a closet just literally overflowing with clothes, I just don't have anything to wear. Or we, we complain about the weather. You know, it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too wet, it's too dry. We complain about the government. Oh, we like to do that. My taxes are too high. Streets are too rough. Politicians are all crooked as if God does not bless us through the government that he has placed over us, even for all of its faults. And we, we do complain about more serious stuff too, don't we? We sometimes even question, just like the children of Israel, if the Lord is among us or not. Lord, why did you allow my husband to become so very sick? Why does my grandchild have this learning disability? Where have you been, Lord? Where were you when my loved one had that accident? We, we complain. We complain about big things. We complain about little things. Complaining is just something that we do. It's part of the very social fabric of our lives. And yet this is what St. Paul says about it in Philippians chapter 2. He says, do everything without grumbling. <laughs> Maybe the Philippians were kind of like us. So St. Paul says, do everything without grumbling. But at times we do exactly the opposite of that. It seems like we grumble about everything and we complain all the time and it seems like we're really never satisfied. And do you know what all those complaints say to our God? They say, Lord, you're, you're not doing a very good job here, you know. Lord, I don't trust you to take care of me. Lord, Lord, where were you when I needed you? Lord, I deserve better. But we don't. Not really. If anything, we deserve, at the very least, to be ignored by God or, or disregarded by him, unnoticed by him. What we deserve is his anger. What we deserve is his punishment. What we deserve is his wrath. But that's not what our God gives to us. Listen to what King David writes in Psalm 103. He says, The Lord does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That God who is patient with his complaining, grumbling, chosen people is patient with us complaining, grumbling sinners today. He does not treat us as we deserve to be treated. In fact, just the opposite. He takes such good care of us. And nowhere is that care and that concern, that patience and that presence, his grace and his mercy seen more clearly than at Calvary's cross and at that empty Easter grave. God sent his son to take away that which he cannot tolerate, our sin. And Jesus did that. Jesus carried our sin and he carried our guilt and he carried our shame all the way to the cross. And there he shed his blood to pay for all of it. The payment has been made in full. It is finished, he shouted out. And that empty grave on Easter morning declares sin is forgiven and heaven is open to receive all who believe in Jesus Christ. And so, so now nothing stands between us and our God. Washed by the blood of the Lamb, receivers of the victory of Easter, we are God's friends and we are God's family forever. And now, today, God continues to care for us. God continues to give us the gift of his living water. Gives us his word. And that, that living water just flows. He creates faith by the power of that word. He builds faith by the power of that word. He gives salvation by the power of that word. Gives us the blessing of the sacraments to feed our faith in Jesus. And oh, he feeds us so well. We are his baptized children, washed clean, fully forgiven and empowered to live a godly life. 
And that living water just, just flows. Flows to a life of thanksgiving and a life of praise instead of grumbling and complaining. All to his glory. So often we're invited up here to his table like we are this morning to receive our Savior's body and blood, to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be fed, to be nourished, to be loved, to be forgiven. All that living water from our God, it just flows. Every day, our mighty and our merciful God makes his presence known. Every day, he keeps his promise to be an ever-present help in trouble, to never leave us or forsake us, to be with us always, even to the very end of the age. And nothing will ever stop him from keeping those promises. Not sickness, not a crisis, not a bad relationship, not even death. St. Paul sums that all up so beautifully for us. He says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, someone who was, who was very wise once said, complaining is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't really get anywhere. You, know, you and I have so very few reasons to complain and so many reasons to give thanks to our gracious God and to trust in his promises. The children of Israel asked, is the Lord among us or not? And God's answer is an emphatic and a resounding yes. And he still is. He still is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. And that fact is not going to change. Not now and not ever. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. Find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. All praise and thanks be to you, O God, for the glory of your mercy and grace shown to the world in Jesus Christ. Give to your whole family of faith your light and your peace. Bind us together in your love and make us a thankful people full of works of love and mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the preaching of your word, O Lord. 
Give boldness and confidence to all pastors and leaders in the church and to every child of God to proclaim the good news of your grace to all people of every culture, language, and nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are not members of the Christian faith, that many, many more will hear the gospel and by the Spirit's power turn to Christ as the one who died for all. Use us as your instruments as we share the blessing of faith with others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, bless the leaders of nations with wisdom that they may serve to guide their citizens in the ways of justice, peace, and liberty. Let your blessing rest also upon our own country that we may serve you and all people in freedom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, we pray for those who serve in our country in the armed forces and ask that you would guard and protect them in the fulfillment of their duties in domestic and foreign lands. For all who work in our communities for safety, order, and protection, be with them in their service. For all who use your gifts and abilities given for the health and the well-being of others in medical fields, guide their care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant your healing to the ill, to the infirm, or hospitalized. Especially today, we remember Sharon Cole and Denise Hildebrand. We also pray for others who need your healing, whom we name before you now in our hearts. Bind up the hearts of those who are troubled. Heal the wounds of those who suffer disease or injury. And comfort those who are burdened. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, help us always to remember that all good things come from you. We praise you for the good gift of marriage, and we rejoice with all those who are celebrating wedding anniversaries, especially Bill and Judy Cooey, as they celebrate 20 years of marriage. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand to sing our offertory. be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and proper that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, because your mercy attends us all our days. In mercy, you provide for all our wants of body and soul. And graciously you invite us to come to the Lord's table, granting us a foretaste of the feast to come. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you with joyous song. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
We rise. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. Grant, O Lord, that the lips that have sung your praise in the sanctuary may glorify you in the world. That the ears that have heard the voice of your songs may be closed to the voices of clamor and dispute. That the eyes that have seen your great love may also behold your blessed hope. That the tongues that have confessed your name may ever speak the truth. And that the bodies of all who have tasted of your son's living body and blood may be restored to newness of life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. Thank you.